Well, friends, we don't want to be just the church that shares. And we do. We want to share the love of Christ. We want to share the life of Christ. We want to share the beauty of Jesus Christ. All of the clergy that are with us today, uh, they not only love Christ, they love sharing who he is. But a part of being a follower of Christ is not just sharing about what he does, but caring with the heart that he has the compassionate and the care that believers are supposed to have between one another and to other people who don't believe like them, don't have their same politics, their same ethnicity, their same economics, their same background. We as believers need to be a church of people that care regardless. And we have a new pastor of care and Christian education. It's Pastor William Jen. And I've asked him to come up and talk to us about a church that cares. So can we give a hand to Pastor William Jen? Come on up, Pastor. Thank you. Okay. um, So today I'm going to talk to you about becoming a Bridgeway caregiver. So what does it mean to become a caregiver? And second, why is it important? And the third, how do you become one? I'm not sure I could cover all those three points, but let me see how far I can get. Uh, Let me read, it's funny, Pastor Gerald has mentioned the Samaritan, and I picked uh, the passage where the Good Samaritan uh, comes out. Uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Let me read it for you. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So the context is they're trying to bring down Jesus, right? And this guy is an expert in the law, which means he's not the legal or lawyer, but he's more of a biblical scholar who studies the Pentateuch, the Jewish uh, or Old Testament Bible. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered it correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. Verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, man was going down from the Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down from the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So two Levites, when he came to the place uh, and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put a man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innerkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses that you may have. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, 
the one who had a mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So what does it mean to become a caregiver? Um, uh, to put it simply, in verse 37, Jesus said, one who had mercy on him. Um, we see from this passage, this man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The biblical scholar said that was a dangerous road. It was a bad neighborhood to go through. Um, and lo and behold, what happens? Well, man gets mugged and robbed, beaten badly, and left on the ground to die. Now, <laughs> sometimes, uh, I don't know, many of you may, may have experienced that kind of violence in your life. I hope not. Uh, but sometimes life is like this. It gets to our, our nerve. And we live in a broken world where the suffering, pain, injustice, unfairness, racism, um, natural disasters, like right now what is going on, it happens. And this broken world, I don't know, maybe some of us have uh, been knocked down by this, this robber. And we're half, uh, we're beaten by the life and we're half dead on the ground. For example, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 situations, social unrest. What's next? The flu season coming up? Um, life is a strange way of getting to us. The sad thing about all this is for some of us, when this kind of stuff happens, there's no one there to help us, no one there to pick us up and, and move forward. <clears throat> the world is a harsh place, and it's a tough place. <clears throat> I remember um, in high school when I experienced the, I didn't even know it was happening to me. Uh, I, I must have been, um, I must have been a, a sophomore here in high school, um, but that memory is vividly, is still in me, and every time I think about it, I get very upset and angry. Um, the teacher was Mr. Copeland. I don't know whether he's still alive. <laughs> uh, he was a physics teacher, you know, one of those kinds who carried the, the calculator on his belt and the pencil holder on his, his uh, a pocket. And he was explaining something uh, which I didn't understand. So I was keep on writing down, but uh, the teacher was covering the part that he was written. So <clears throat> wrong timing, it, it was not wise. But I said, Mr. Copeland, can you, I can't see what you're writing. And then he slowly turned back and he looked at me and he paused for a second and he says, well, Mr. Jen, open your eyes so you can see. Um, being an Asian, I guess, <laughs> and I didn't even know what that was until whole class was giggling. Um, I wish, I wish someone would stand up and say, hey, what is that about? You can't do that. Um, but he was not there. 
what is a um, caregiving person? He's the one who shares with his presence, the person who is down and out, who could raise these people up, one who had a mercy on a broken and hurting people. As I come to a bridgeway, could it be that God is calling us to become a caring giver? Could it be that God is calling us, that bridgeway to become a caring community where we will sigh with the little guys, the guys who's down and out, that we are with them, we're caring for them and rooting for them and help them to get up again. Now, why is this important? Um, this is important because mercy is not an option. It's not something that you do when you have a spare time. It's not when you give when you have a couple of extra dollars in your pocket. The mercy is not an optional thing to do, but it is the very essence of being a Christian. Why? If God has shown his grace to us, if you ever experienced the mercy of God in your life, that mercy is going to naturally come out. It shows who you are, that you are born again. Not, not that you do mercy so that you could earn favor, so that you could, you could be called a son or daughter of God. No, it's nothing to do with salvation. Salvation has arrived. The grace of God has, been, uh, has arrived. When we have that grace, when God has shown mercy to you, then that mercy has bubbled up and it has to show itself. So that's why we're doing this mercy ministry. Now, one thing, um, as I become the director of the care ministry, and when I, whenever I have a meeting with my leaders, I don't see many guys. It's all, uh, many of them are, are women, fine leaders. I'm so blessed to work with them. But let me challenge you, Bridgeway. What happened to all of you? I know it's not a really cool thing, right? You want to go to a mission or Christian education or something like worship, creative arts, and all of that. But let me tell you, mercy is not an option. It is being who you are. Do you have a grace of God in you? Have you experienced him every day? I wish I had more time to expound this scripture, but what is the context of the scripture? The scripture talks about the expert of law asking Jesus Christ, what must I do to, to inherit the eternal life? And what does Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? It means is. That's the essence of the law. Do you have that love? Um, we talk about evangelism and mission. We talk about grace of God. Did it happen to you? It's no good for me to say, hey, come on, guys, let's do something good. Show your mercy. No, 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 no. That's what the world does. At Bridgeway, that you are redeemed. You've been, you've been blessed. Christ has come 
into your life, if that is what it is, then the mercy, standing with a little guy, someone who has fallen, come on, let's pick them up and let's do something great. So my prayer is two things. One, that you will come to know how great, how deep, how wide, how high the love of God is. And second thing is, now I know it sounds like prosperity gospel, but I want you to be a millionaire. <laughs> Why? So your influence, your power. Now I know that those influence is more than money, but I want you to become a rich person who can give, who can make things happen, who can change the world. So when someone is down and out, someone can come along and say, go to Bridgeway. They could help you out. Why? Because we have a grace and mercy. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor William Jen, let's put our hands together for Pastor Jen. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes to being a pastor of care. And it sounds like we need more men to show mercy at Bridgeway Community Church. What can some men do uh, as they join the, the mercy ministry or the care ministry at Bridgeway? If they were to write an email today as a practical application, say, Pastor Jen, I'm ready to help stand for the little guy, stand with the little guy. What can we have them do? Well, you know, it, we are already doing it. Uh, it's not that they come to this project or, or ministry and say, mm -hmm. okay, point one, point two, point three. No, the mercy ministry in, in, in one sense, I don't know whether I'm answering the question right, but it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do we do this without feeling guilty? Uh, I remember going to Costco once a week, and there was a man with a sign that says, homeless, need help, need work, and I'm hungry. Mm. And I'm looking at, you know, so where's, where's my dollar, dollar mm. bill? Um, feel guilty? No, that's not, that's not what it is, right? Or if you give a dollar to that person and say, oh, I feel good about it because I did it. No, that's, that's not it either. Or you are doing something good to this person so that maybe you're calculating, well, maybe someday he could do the reverse on me. Or you're thinking about perhaps maybe if I do something good to this person, God will bless me. Mm -hmm. Those things are all good, but more than that, you do it because just like maybe Samaritan, this guy, maybe he was the one who got robbed. Maybe he was the one who got beaten up and lying on the ground half dead. And someone mm. came along and said, hey, let me help you, brother. Mm. Maybe that's why he's doing it to this person. Mm -hmm. Now notice, I didn't have time to mention this, but Samaritan and Jewish people, they don't get along, just like what Pastor Gerald says. Uh, they're like, you know, the Samaritans are like minority groups, right? They are... Mm -hmm mixed yeah. people. Um, yeah. So in answer to the question, you want us to live it out in our lives yes. completely. But you also said you had a lot of women working in your ministry. So if some men were interested, can they email you? Yes. Okay. You yes. have something for them to do. You have something for them to get involved in. Yes. Have anything for them to learn. 
Yes. We okay. got to reach out to a man. Okay. Yeah. So email him. All right. At what? William.gen. <laughs> William.gen at uh, Bridgeway CC. There you go. We'll put that on the screen. J-I-N. Let's give him a great big hand. Thank you so much, my Thank dear you. brother. We're so glad Thank you. that you're with us. Hey, listen, we're about to close down here, but not yet because we got the Puerto Rican sensation that's going to talk to us about how to be a daring church. Take a couple of minutes. Come on, pastor, and teach us how we can be a daring church before we close it out. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> It's a good thing I found the scripture ahead of time. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the uh, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free. This is found in Luke uh, chapter four. And this is Jesus talking a, a prophecy that was done in the past. But what I love about this is about this daring is Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The one thing I wanted to say about daring is that you need to understand that this is not your mission. This is not your assignment. When you wake up every day, you got to dare because you understand whose you are. You understand who you belong to. You understand the mission and the assignment that is upon you. Right. We have a calling. We have a mission. We have an assignment. We have a direction. We have an inspiration. Uh, God continually anoints you and separates you. That's what anointing is. Anointing is the word. Anointing means to be separated, to be set apart for what? For a mission. So when you wake up every single morning, you got to understand that there is a divine assignment over your life. And so therefore, wherever you go, you know, you need to be able to share. You need to be able to care. You need to be able to dare. You need to be able to, to ex express the greatness and the goodness of God with whoever you engage with. I'll never forget. I was in Camden, New Jersey one time. And there was a guy shooting up heroin right in the alley. And, and, and God came. I was, as I was walking down the alley or I was walking across the alley, I just kind of felt like I needed to go into that alley and share the good news of Christ. And I started talking to people about whatever was going on and whatever God was putting in my spirit. And I'll never forget this guy that he pulled out his needle. He threw it on the floor. He stepped on it. And he said, this is what I need, what you're telling me right now. I would have never had done that on my own strength. But the only reason I did it was because I dared. And the only reason I dared to do what I did was because I understand that God has woken me up every single day with an assignment, with a mission. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So for you that are listening to right now, I want you to know that you have an assignment from God. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Did you accept Jesus? Because if you did, the Bible says that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are the temple of God and wherever you go, it is your assignment and it is your mission to be able to let that light shine and understand that you don't own yourself and, and you don't dictate your own life, but you have a mission. You have an assignment to serve the Lord and to whatever it is. And you have to be spiritually sensitive to what the voice of God is saying and doing in your life. The word of God, Paul says that, that we are walking epistles. That some of the word that people are going to ever read is going to be you. How are you living your life? Do you dare? Uh, wherever you go, you need to. And sometimes I talk to people and in situations that make me uncomfortable, but I don't care about being comfortable because I understand that it's not my life. My life is not my own. I dare to serve Christ. I dare to do things that I do not understand. Sometimes it may not even make any sense, but the reason I do them is because I understand that the spirit of the Lord is 
upon me. Now, I'm not Jesus. I'm not saying it that way. That was Jesus talking himself. I'm not saying it that way. But then again, if Jesus is inside of you and the spirit of God is inside of you, then don't you have to do the mission and the assignment and the purpose that he came to do? He said the word, the word of God says that we would do even greater miracles than he did. Now, I wish I hadn't seen those kind of miracles. I've dared to do a whole bunch of things. I always joke around. I was to a funeral one time and, and, and the guy was laying in the casket. And, and I remember uh, uh, just kind of looking around. There was nobody in the, in, the, in the funeral parlor. And I kind of looked around. I laid had my hands on him and I said, in the name of Jesus, get up. <laughs> I'm kind of happy he did it because I probably would have died right there myself. But I dared. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. I've prayed for the blind and I've dared. I don't know. I, I, I don't, sometimes I'm even scared. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I don't even know if it's going to work. But I dare to do what the Spirit of God puts inside of me because I understand that my life belongs to him. And because my life belongs to him, my job is to do whatever he says I need to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is he? Upon you, what is what, what did he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon him? He, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Pastor Sandy already talked about this. He has sent to proclaim freedom to the prisoners in a weird way. Pastor Jen talked about this, which is caring for those who are bonded and, and those who are struggling and, and those that are going to different, different situations and recovery of sight for the blind. Just dare to live this faith. Dare to do something for God. Listen, nothing has ever been told about people who don't dare. If you think about it, every time we testify of something that has happened, it's because somebody dared to step out. Dared. Even Dr. Anderson, we always, we always look how beautiful this church is, but we don't realize that this church started with a man that dared. He dared to start this multicultural ministry. He dared to do something that didn't make any sense to a lot of people, but he dared. And today we are blessed and we are on a mission and we are in an assignment and we're impacting the world because somebody dared. Do you dare? Do you dare to do what God wants you to do? Do you dare to be influential? Do you dare to live on a mission and on assignment? Do you dare to live for God more than you live for yourself? Just dare, just dare to live for Christ. Bless. Wow, thank you so much, Pastor Eli. Wow, well, we have learned about a church that shares, a church that cares, a church that dares. One of the things that we need to realize is that our clergy are always not only teaching us and downloading scripture to us, but they're there to motivate us, to train us, to instruct us and to equip us. And every single Wednesday night, we have equipping classes for you. Go online to find out what we have for you. We have men's ministry, women's ministry, prison ministry. Why am I telling you this? Because the church is not them, the church is you. And we're here to prepare you to do the work of ministry that God has in store for you. Are you ready to join the journey? Let's do it together. Let's stay in focus, followers of Christ united in the spirit. And may God give us all the strength we need to be a, a caring church. And like Pastor Eli just preached, a daring church. So I'm gonna dare you to, to trust Jesus Christ right now. As we have shared with you what the gospel is from Pastor Sandy and uh, Pastor Jared, now it's time for you to decide, Lord, 
What are you daring me to do? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the first thing, he's daring you to come into a relationship with him. So pray with me now. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I accept your dare. I accept what you're offering me, your love. And please help me to know what it means to follow you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.